The Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by SR3 Rescue Concepts. Because you don't know what you don't know. Is your agency or company looking for helicopter training? Or maybe someone to come audit your program? How about a standardization and safety check? Or maybe just an annual FAA refresher? Look no further because SR3 Rescue Concepts has what you need. They are here to help your program succeed, to keep you up to date with the current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. The training staff is top-notch, with certified flight instructor pilots and experienced crewmen that can provide training in rescue, tactical, and firefighting operations, as well as night vision goggle use and more. As part of the Petzl Technical Partner Program, They can also provide personal protective equipment inspection courses and training on the highly specific Lazard made specifically by Petzl for helicopter use for cliff rescue operations. Another great advantage of SR3 Rescue Concepts is they go beyond the helicopter world. They have training programs for high angle mountain rescue and their tactical medicine training program, which is structured around fundamental training for tactical combat casualty care and tactical emergency casualty care. To top it all off, they offer a safety audit program, a third-party review, fact-based and unbiased, to ensure any operation is functioning as safely and efficiently as possible. Contact them today at sr3rescueconcepts.com. Again, that's sr3rescueconcepts.com and over on Instagram at SR3 underscore rescue. That's on Instagram at SR3 underscore rescue. You just make sure when you send them a message, you tell them Quinny sent me here and they will certainly take good care of you. What an honor it was to have my next guest on. United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 39. Some one of the guys from the very beginning. It was such a great conversation with him. He we got to laugh. He was telling stories, old school stuff. And in this next upcoming podcast, he gets into a whole bunch of stuff, but he touches on the very first rescue swimmer deployment for a rescue in Sitka, Alaska. So I hope you guys all enjoy this story. And please welcome Mr. Steve Hathaway. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Thank you for coming on. I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Steve Hathaway, rescue swimmer number 39. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you. Thank you for joining me (laughs) at the Real Rescue Podcast. It's much appreciated your time. It's an honor to have you here. So, No, it's great to be here, man. Thanks. Yeah, heck yeah, heck yeah. So for uh, for everybody out there, if you don't mind, please uh, introduce yourself. Tell everybody where you are, what you've done. So and so forth. Yeah, give us a good resume background. I like that. Sure, man. I'm, I'm like you said, Steve Hathaway. I uh, back in 1978, you know, I was working as a lifeguard, believe it or not, at a place called Waterslide World. And it was actually in Clearwater, pretty close to where the air station is. They decided to have a uh, Coast Guard day. 
So the, at the time, I didn't know who this guy was, but the morale officer came out to me and I was assistant manager at the time and uh, asked me, he goes, hey, listen, we want to have a morale day. We want to rent your place out for the Coast Guard. And uh, you think that would be cool? And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And uh, got the money, did all the deals. Long story short, they show up, they're partying, they're having a great time, you know, drinking beer, going down the slides. My lifeguards that I had hired for the party, they they came to me and they're like, man, we cannot control these guys. And I went up to the morale <laughs> officer and said, hey, listen, man, they're not following. He said, don't worry. If anyone gets hurt, I'll take blame. I'm like, all right, man, let's go. You know, have fun. So we're going along. They are having a great time. We used to have a beach with rope swings and an inner tube ride and slides. And we had bumper boats and stuff. It was a pretty cool place. Well, their time was up. And I told the guy, I said, hey, man, you know, you're, you're coming up on your, you know, and they're just, he goes, well, how much to go another two hours? And I'm like, well, it'll be this much. And boom, he whipped the cash out. And I'm like, okay, another two hours. And he says, but we're out of beer. And I'm like, well, I'm not making a beer run for you. He goes, oh, no, I'm going to have some delivered. And I'm not kidding you, man. This is an honest country. About a half hour later, here comes an H3 helicopter lowering what? a keg of beer. I'm not kidding. That is bad. You know, <laughs> and I'm, you know, I graduated high school in 77. This is 78. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking up and this morale officer guy is with me. And I'm like, and I see the guy in the door and I see the helicopter and I'm like, Oh, this, this is for me. Where, what, you know, how do I, he goes, Oh, you just enlist, man. You go to aviation school. You could be doing that. You know, the guy hoisted and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, hell yeah. Cause sick. at the time I was kind of, I'm like, look, I can't be the lifeguard at waters. I will for the rest of my life. Oh, I that said, is that's awesome. for me, man. <laughs> Swear to God, man. They delivered the keg. <laughs> and, uh, that's old but, school but Coast Guard, back, by the way. Let, let's, let's preface uh, that. That is old school Coast Guard. Yeah. You can't get away with that stuff now. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? And, but you, oh my privy, God. Where, awesome. where this water slide world was located, it was a cow pasture next to us and nothing. I mean, th if you think about Clearwater now, you're like, oh, you just get. No, this was old Clearwater before it was all built up. And it was it was pretty, you know, big fields around us and stuff. So it wasn't like yeah. it was, you know. But anyways, yeah, I said, well, man, I got to do that. So I joined the Coast Guard, went to boot camp, came back, um, actually got stationed back in Clearwater. Nice. All my friends had these going away parties for me. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, 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 going away, going away. Joined the Coast um, I was, uh, I got to be honor graduate. So I got my first pick. And I'm looking at all these boat, 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 air station, Clearwater. And I'm like, ah, crap. I really did want to go back home. I wanted, I wanted Saipan. I wanted a, uh, Loran station, you know, one of those weird, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I'm like, ah, crap. I don't want to go to a, definitely don't want to go to a boat. So, um, I, understand I that. came back to air. I came back, you Yeah, know, my head shaved. Yeah. All my buddies are like, Hey, what are you doing back here? I'm, like, I'm stationed out here, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so I waited a year and actually uh, I went to AM school. I became a uh, structural mechanic and then I got stationed on C-130s and nice. uh, went to Kodiak and then came back to Clearwater, got over like 2000 hours in C-130s. I was a load master, drop master. And then uh, this nice. new program, this new program started to show up, you know, this, you know, the ASMs are going to be rescue swimmers, you know? And I'm like, oh, okay. I was going to get out because I was tired of going, believe it or not, the size of me, I used to go in fuel cells and have to repair. I hated it, man. And uh, <laughs> I said, if I'm going to stay in, I want to do something else. And yeah. uh, 
So I went off to uh, ASM school and it was because they were taking a lot of people into school now because they wanted to build up this swimmer program. They're going to need the ASM rate went from, I don't know how many, but to say it quadrupled in size, you know, every station, there was just only two chiefs in the whole ASM rate. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, and they went from that to having a chief at every unit. And, you know, there were some units like Brooklyn just had two ASMs. That's it. That was all station. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, um, so, uh, I went to, uh, that. And then of course I got my orders to Sitka and I'm like, Alaska. I'm like, God. So I went to Alaska, you <laughs> from know, back home as as to cold from let, let's put that in perspective, Florida, beautiful weather, Sandy beaches where I grew up to Alaska, which is cold, wet, rainy, beautiful beaches, but it's cold, yeah. wet. <laughs> well, remember I had been in Kodiak. And I remember stepping out of the airport. I'd never been in a cold, never lived. I remember stepping out of the airport and I'm like, God, it's cold. And when I stepped out the door, because the doors open and closed, all the snow was melt. So it was all ice at the, at the entrance. I slipped and fell on my butt. I had cowboy boots on because, you know, that was back during urban cowboy and everybody was a cowboy. And uh, oh my so I slipped and fell on my, and I'm like, oh, great. This is, this is a start. I mean, Kodiak sucked, man. Back then, the base uh, is nothing like the base is now. It was World War II era bait. I mean, we played basketball in the gym. You'd have to wear a watch cap, a sweatshirt, a jacket, two pairs of sweatpants just to play. I mean, it wasn't heated, you know? Yeah, that's not the so Kodiak was I was at. The Kodiak I was at was gorgeous. Back. So I go back to Alaska. Okay. And so when I show up there, this new swimmer program, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's not going to last. It's not going to last. You know, this is just a, this is just a phase. And believe me, actually, I, I was a little worried because Coast Guard has done that. They had really good programs. They used to have a program where they sent all the, they were sending a lot of the flight mechs to become EMTs. So when they went, this is an older program. So yeah. when they went on cases, they were EMT, which I thought was a pretty good idea. Great idea. But, but the chiefs didn't like the idea that their mechanics had to do all this extra training to be EMTs. You know, they had to go to research, right, right. they had to do training, you know, re, you know, keep their quals up and stuff. Monthly so the chiefs training, were like, annual training. Every yeah, two years like, you got to yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. The chiefs are like, it. yeah, we're done with this. We got to, you know, we got work to do and I want to be home by two o'clock, you know? Yeah. So they, <laughs> they, they nixed that program, which was, you know, so that kind of stuff, you're a little worried that they were, you know, going to say the same thing about the storm, but the swimmer program was mandated by Congress. So there was nothing they were going to do about it. Right. So anyways, Bob Weaver, who went, to, was my classmate in ASM school. We show up to Sitka. We actually rode the ferry together. We, you know, ended up coming at the same day and checking in and dude, you talk about, you know, guys check in all the time. People, you know, they'll just pass you in the hallway or whatever, you know, not, not a deal. But here comes these two rescue swimmers, you know, they're like, <laughs> oh, this new rescue swimmer thing. And everyone's stepchildren. And we're like, what? Yeah. Jesus. You know? <laughs> thank, thank goodness I'd had a few years in, you know, I've been, you know, C-130, I've been in aviation already and stuff like that. So uh, I told them, you know whatever and uh the guy who ran our shop um i'm not going to say his name but he was a first class he used to smoke cigarettes like he'd take one when it was almost done 
Well, first of all, if he got a cigarette with a filter on it, he'd flip the filter off. That's unfiltered cigarettes. Dang. He'd smoke. He'd take the next one and light it. And that's how, how much he chain smoked in the shop. We hated oh. it. Man. His ashtray. We always had to, we were the new third, you know, we were the boots. So we had to empty yeah. his ashtray. I, I just like this guy. Ugh. Yeah. And he did not like us because he did not want anything to do with being a swimmer. Well, yeah. he's a first class. All he had to do is take the test to make chief, you know? Right, right. And he wouldn't have had to be one. But no, so, he was. I want to touch on that just a little bit because there's a lot of people that don't understand that when the new program came in, they just need bodies to fill seats. So, you know, you, you come into that program when the swimmer program was made and there are the guys that were the really um it was just a new guys. And you had a choice at one point, you either had to go to rescue swimmer school, which was in the Navy at the time. So Pensacola, Florida is where the first Navy or the first rescue swimmer program was for the Coast Guard. And if you didn't, you either had to make chief or change rates. And that was a big deal because there were a lot of people who are like, wait a minute, you're kicking me out of the rate that I just signed up to do. And you've only had me here for two years. And they're like, nope, you need to go to swimmer school then. And a lot of guys were like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. And they got pissed off at the rest of us that did it. So, that's exactly anyway. right. Yeah. yeah. And that's, you, you got that exactly right. So they were blaming us for what the Coast Guard policy was, but the Coast Guard just had, you know, they knew it was a, it was kind of a sucky thing. And they're like, look, we're going to give you this many years, you know, to become chief five, I think it was five or something or, or, yeah you know, you got to go to swimmer school and we'll help you out and, you know, you know, yeah, whatever. But, yeah. you know, it kind of was, it kind of did bite for those guys in the beginning, but no reason to take it out on us. You right. Know, we were totally. Like, <laughs> yeah. We That's showed up and of course we, we're new swimmers. And as soon as we got sick it, they didn't know what to do with it. They said, well, first of all, you guys got to become flight mechs, you know, and we're like, okay. So we had to go into the flight mech syllabus, get all our flights, get all this. And let me tell you something. And, you know, I was a, a swimmer for, I was an AST swimmer for 15 years. And there's something, there's a lot of things I've learned about swimmers. The, these, these, the mentality it takes to be a swimmer. When you tell a guy he's got to do something, man, it gets done. And then some, you know what yeah. I mean? There's Agreed. never, there's a challenge, give them a challenge yeah. and it's going to get, so they're <laughs> like, you know, we got to get you guys flight net qualified before. So, we were coming in, Bob and I were coming in on our days off. We were coming in at night after we got off work to do engine runs, to get our engine run letters. We were coming in whenever we could do a post-flight. We were working. We got our test knocked out. Yeah. So we became, Bob and I both, I became a flight mech after three months. And Bob Holy was cow. like four months. Because That's awesome. I had a little advantage because I was an airplane mechanic. I understood the engines a little better and stuff like that, you know, and yeah. a lot of the structure stuff, but we knocked it out. They're like, Holy crap, man, these guys, you know, we were, we were fully operational. I mean, we were flying duty as flight mechs and starting to implement the swimmer program. That is awesome. And, God, that's and, then, awesome. and then these pilots and stuff, you know, they all were like, this is such, I mean, each pilot, every flight mech, every, avionics man because it back in the uh h3 you had an avionics man you had a flight mech pilot co-pilot they each needed three flights so dude and so then we showed up a couple more swimmers showed up we were tea bags man we got to work <laughs> we were in the water from morning <laughs> till night yeah go home and then at night we were doing all the night flights you yeah. know i mean yeah. we were in the water 
uh, people don't realize if, if you're ever at a unit that had to implement, just think about the unit you're at. If you're a swimmer and you had to qualify every one of your flight mechs and pilots. Oh yeah. And they yeah. each needed three, three flights. Think how many flights that is. It's a lot. And it, yeah. Go ahead. And I'll, I'll give you a little. We had like maybe four swimmers. Oh, uh, okay. Only so had like four swimmers. So we'd go out, yeah, you know, I understand. we'd actually go out on the boat. And we jump in, we do swimmer, 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 get back on the boat. Here comes the next haircut, swimmer, 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 program, you know, yeah. drop in, relocation, all the, I mean, it was, a, it wasn't a quick flight either. It was, you know, they had to do all these hoists. So, so we were in the water a lot, man. And uh, so we were doing that. We were, you know, doing that and then staying in duty as flight mechs, you know, and yeah. still, you know, the guys who were not going to be swimmers, the two first class in our shop. They yep. were just laying it on us, man. Work, you know, they were like, you know, just oh, trying to. Yeah. And you know what? Like I said, they didn't know our mentality. They yeah. didn't know the, yeah. like, you're not going to break me. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down in the, I'd be down doing a pump, you know, rebuilding a pump from a SAR case or something. And I'd get a phone down on the hangar. We had a pump shop that was down on the hangar deck across the deck. And uh, the AST, AST, ASM shop, I'll say, was um across the hangar upstairs in Sitka and I remember him calling me you know saying hey Athway, I need you up here you know so I had to put my shirt on you know what I'm talking about you said the oh, yeah. white t-shirts yeah, yeah. and you working down you get way. so I put my <laughs> shirt on you know straighten up because if you had to go upstairs because admin was up there too you had yeah. you couldn't go up there in a t-shirt gotta look so good got and yep went back up there and he's sitting there doing some paperwork and he goes here I need copies made of these you know what so yeah yeah oh, that's, so I, that's what kind of stuff i mean that's they tried lame. to really bust our butts but yeah. you know we wouldn't let them i mean people don't realize and then pilots so anyways yeah we did everything and then finally uh we started standing our swimmer duty you know we got enough swimmers in we got enough people qualified we start standing our swimmer duty and i just happened to have duty one day and the alarm goes off and uh we take off is this your uh, first helicopter. case? First case. Oh, I'm excited already. All right. Here, wait, case. wait, wait. Before we get into that, I, I do want to touch it. You have. Yeah. Oh, this is your very first case? Oh, this That's is great. Uh, let me pause right here then because I'm going to back up and then I'm going to come to this because I want to read this before you get into it. Okay. Um, so you're talking about implementing, you know, everybody and having to do all the training that goes inside with implementing really the rescue swimmer program. I was part of the initiation or the initial training for night vision goggle hoisting. And all yep. of the pilots had to get qualified on night vision goggles in order to hoist. I, remember that. I was, so I was in Kodiak, Alaska at the time. And I remember going in the bay. It was a shitty night. It was, it was snow blowing sideways. It's just one of those, like it was a, a good training day because it was a controlled environment. We were, five minutes from the air station. I had a boat on scene and I literally had four aircrafts backed up and I'm the swimmer in the water. And we had like a, I'm going to call it, it wasn't a very big swell. It was like five foot, four or five foot swell. And I got sick as shit. And I, when I tell you, it was like one of the few times that I was on the hoist hook throwing up before I got up to the cabin so that I could go back out and do another deployment. Each helicopter had to do, I think four deployments, four, Yep. Six, maybe six deployments, whatever it was. But 
helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. The last guy I got in the helicopter with, I had another swimmer with me. He was, who was also training another four helicopters over yonder, like just away as right. away. Um, John Hall. And he looks at me, he's like, dude, are you all right? And I was like, I'll be all right. And uh, we came back, yeah. we debriefed anyway. So uh, I, again, to back up, I understand exactly what you're talking about when you're implementing yep. the program and all the training that it's required to do for the entire air station and or Coast Guard. It's crazy. So, yeah, I went through the MVG and direct deployment. Whoo, come on, baby. You know what I mean? Yeah, direct deployment was already there. Yeah. So all those, I mean, if I counted how many hoists, I got to have, <laughs> I don't know, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, killer. Well, all right, so now we're going to get into your first case. And I, I'm totally pumped on this too. Um, there's another reason I'm really pumped on this because my first case, which... Uh, now I hadn't been in aviation for more than uh, probably really a, about a year. And that includes my airman program. So the airman program wasn't around when you were, but that was a newer thing for me. Um, and then I got up to Kodiak. I got qualified. I went through EMT school and poof, now I'm standing duty. It was my second day of duty and I get launched out and it was a gnarly case similar to yours. So yeah. I, I could share that with you as well, which just makes it so much more. So yeah. Uh, without that, or with that, let me, let me read this and then we'll get right into it. Is that cool? Yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. awesome. All right. So citation to accompany the award of the Coast Guard Achievement Medal to George S. Hathaway, aviation survival, survival man. That's right. Aviation survival before they went to survival technician. That's right. Aviation survival man, second class, United States Coast Guard. Petty Officer Hathaway is cited for superior performance on duty on the afternoon of 6 March 1987 while serving as rescue swimmer aboard the Coast Guard rescue helicopter, the H3, number 1434, engaged in rescue of three survivors from a downed civilian jet ranger helicopter in Peril Straits, Alaska. Flying through the heavy snow showers with vis visibility often down to one quarter of a mile, the crew located the helicopter wreckage in a tidal pool. Petty Officer Hathaway entered the frigid water to inspect the submerged cabin for survivors. Finding no occupants, he was recovered and then downstream search was commenced. Shortly thereafter, the survivors were sighted on Rapids Island near Sergis Narrows. Hoisting was not feasible because of the overhanging trees and near whiteout conditions. So Petty Officer Hathaway voluntarily entered into the swift waters of the Sergis Narrow despite the flooding tides and numerous eddies caused by the seven-knot current. Reaching shore, he determined that the survivors needed immediate treatment for hypothermia and possible back injuries. While attempting to swim back to the helicopter, he was swept away by the raging current. The pilot turned the helicopter and water taxied at high speed to intercept him before he was swept through Surge's narrow. Although fatigued by the prolonged struggles against the current, Petty Officer Hathaway volunteered to re-enter the water and towed a life raft to the survivors for their transport to the helicopter. He then assisted the corpsman, which is the medical guys that help us out from the clinic. He then assisted the corpsman in treating them for hypothermia. Petty Officer Hathaway's exceptional fortitude and courage in spite of personal risk were instrumental in saving three lives. His diligence, perseverance, and devotion to duty are most heartily commended in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Coast Guard. Yeah. 
dang, man. Yeah, that was. And, uh... and I'm, I'm going to touch one more thing, and then I really want to dive into this. But this was the very first rescue swimmer deployment for a rescue in Alaska after the program was into, implemented. That's correct. That is badass. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, I got deployed, got deployed first, swam over, had to dive down to look to see if there was any in the, anyone in the helicopter because it was only hanging by one sponson. You know, oh it was underwater. All right, all right. So let's back up. All right, so the SAR alarm goes off. Where are you at? Because now I know it's not like it is now. There was a swimmer shop and there's somebody on call. There's, you know, we have, it's all dedicated now. And back then we were just getting this program rolling. So what is it you're doing and how is it that you became or to be the ready swimmer? Well, I, it was just my duty day, you know, okay. it just happened to be my duty day. I think we were one in three because we didn't have enough swimmers to fill the, you know, one in four yet. And, you're and we saying, were still training. We had guys there, but we yeah. were still training them, you know? Okay. So uh, I got to tell you, I really don't know what I was doing. I can't remember what I was doing. I just remember an alarm going off. Nice. And That's good. What, what you do is when you hear the alarm go off and uh, something we would do is uh, the alarm go off and then you would wait a minute for them to explain where you're going and what you're doing. Because you didn't want to throw your wetsuit on, your dry suit on. Because dry suit, is a relative term dude. <laughs> we were taught we were wearing i was wearing an old it's called imperial dry suit and okay. it was this put it semi dry suit you know <laughs> all our suits leaked around the feet and then they were near a frame so they would you know you know climbing in out of the helicopter and all those training you know scenarios jumping climbing in and out of boats we had so many black uh oh. patches on holes that it, we looked like we'd been <laughs> shot by a machine gun you know we so, got a dalmatian coming to the helicopter <laughs> yeah, yeah so i was just you know i don't uh, know what so you would listen and you're like okay it's in surgeon scenarios i'm gonna go ahead and put my dry suit on that's close enough you know because if it was somewhere that juno or way down in ketchikan you'd probably want to wear your mac 10 which was a heavy duty flight suit that we wore at the time and then change out in the helicopter when you yeah. get closer okay so um so I'm i listened the H3. and i'm like okay Flying the H three, you, it's you can get up and walk around in the H three, so it's not very yeah. hard to change the Dolphin. It's a pain in the neck to change in. So little side note. I've there. done it. Yeah, me I'm too. I'm six four. Hey, me too. Ah, oh, and no I'm like, we get along so well. I'm butt, I'm butt naked, and I'm in the back of this helicopter, and I'm like, God, don't crash now because. <laughs> I don't know what they'll think because yeah. <laughs> I've been in my flight suit and I had to put a wetsuit on, you know, yeah. you know, you don't wear, yeah. no. so I took everything, you know, I, and actually people ask me, you're so tall. How do you, I said, I haven't met anyone yet that can stand up in the back of H 65 yet. I have never. No. So I got pretty good at it. I was yeah. really quick. And when I used to train young swimmers, oh, man. um, they're like, okay, syllabus is all done. I said, yeah, but I got one more thing for you. I said, first of all, you're on duty. Let me see your back, you know? And then I'd help them. I'm like, okay, you want this here. You want your fins on top You take your fins out, set them out. You want, this is the order you want your bag in. So nice. when you're in the back yeah. and always be this way, because sometimes it's going to be dark and you're just going to go by, you know, feel, you know, That's and awesome. then I would make them, I'm like, okay, okay. Now grab it. Let's go out to the, and they were in their flight suit. I said, let's go out to the helicopter. Okay. I want you to change out. Okay. We got some people on the water. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So 
I make them get in the back of the helicopter and change out, you know, and then oh, that's uh, awesome. I says, okay, now, now I'll sign it off, you know, and so I just wanted you to, I don't want the first time have to deal with this, be on a case, you yeah. know, yeah, because smart. a lot of times you're really on fuel, but anyways, so anyways, yeah, I had my, I heard it was in surgery now, so I, I went ahead and changed out, we went out, got in the helicopter, I had probably uh, um, uh, Commander Brimica, one of the best pilots ever, and and on that case, he did save my life. He did save my life. Wow. And that's, so that's we awesome. took off. And that sent that snowstorm that downed the uh, forestry helicopter. Yep. We are flying through it this time. And we're going slower, slower, lower, lower. And finally, we're in the water because, you know, H3s can land in the water. Yep. And I'm sitting in the jump seat. I pull out the charts of the surge snails and everything. So I see, we see red marker number six and I'm like, okay, I know where we're at. Okay. So there should be another marker. So we're proceeding on taxiing in the water like, to, because like, we couldn't fly. Wow. wow. Water taxiing. Holy so cow. So we're following the markers. Then finally the storm lets up, we can lift off. And by that time we're right where the helicopter crashed. We set back down. I swim over real quick, check it, come back, say they're not in it. So we know they're down, you know, down current. Yeah. And the current was ripping, man. I mean, you, you, yeah. I don't know, this, this area in Sitka, it's in the uh, uh, inland waterway. The water just cranks through there. So a lot of people actually don't know that uh, when you Alaska or Alaska, but Southeast specifically, um, some of the water currents out there from high tide to low tide get up to 22 knots. They rip through there. And a lot of people don't understand yeah. that. It's like a river. When, when he said seven knots, I mean, when it said seven knots on there, I it, it was definitely faster than that. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. when we taxied, I mean, when we finally flew, I mean, what and what happened when they crashed, they egressed a helicopter and they grabbed onto one of the sponsons, you know, the floating sponsons yes. they have on uh, Bell helicopters. Yes. There was four, four people. Okay. And it took them, there's this island that's in the middle of the channel and it, the sponsor went by it and three of them were able to make it, you know, get off and make it to the island. They had a very short little swim, oh, but nice. they made it. The nice, fourth yeah. guy couldn't swim. So he held on to the sponsor okay. and they watched him. And he, when he went around the corner, he got caught with one of those eddies and it took the sponsor and him down. Oh. It was like a, like a toilet bowl, you know, like the eddies were that bad. Wow. When they went through there. They were spinning like tornadoes and they would suck you down and you're gone. So those guys actually and, uh, just watched their friend die in front of them. Oh, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know it is. It is really bad. And so, oh. so anyway, we go up, we see them on the, you know, on the rocks on the beach up there yep. and we're like, okay, there they are. This snowstorm was un incredible. So, and they're up in the tree line. And as soon as we came over the top, I mean, it blew all that new fresh snow. It made a whiteout. I mean, so we had to back way away. Holy they couldn't God. even come over the island. They're like, well, how are we going to hoist you down? You know, I'm like, well, put me in the water. You know, I'm going to get over <laughs> there to them. Do it. Yeah. Whatever we got to do. If I got to stay true. with them, I'll stay with whatever we got to do. We're going to do yeah. it. Yeah. So they, they landed in the water and then I swam over and I went up and I assessed it, you know, and I, this guy had a back injuries, you know, for the plane crash and they were definitely hypothermic. You can imagine swimming yeah. and then laying in the, you know, yeah. and I'm like, okay, we got to get these guys out of here. And, uh, they're like, look, I don't know how we're going to hoist them. I said, well, I got an idea. And we you, we used to carry, and I know the stand team, 
you know, you know how they gave us our little life rafts? Oh yeah. The yep. little one man uh-huh. back in the day. Uh-huh. We're just like, <laughs> now, now we, we carried a seven man life raft, you know, we took <laughs> all the gear out of it. So we were able to pack it awesome. be pretty small. And we're like, yep. if you leave us, drop us this one, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so that was on board. So I, I said an idea. I said, I talked to the pilot with my uh, PRC 90. I had oh, to climb out and get on top radio. of a rock so we could talk. <laughs> and I'm telling him, I, said, I got an idea. What if I, I swim back, grab the raft, swim it back here, inflate it, and then we'll pull it back to the helicopter. And he goes, sounds like great. Let's do it. You know, so I started to swim back to the helicopter and I'm swimming hard. I mean, because the current, they're sitting here in the currents. I'm swimming my butt off, man. I am. I mean, I'm talking hard. And I was making it. I was good. And Keith Reese, the flight mech, he's standing in the door and he puts his hand out to, you know, grab me. I'm swimming. I see him and I reach up to grab his hand. And soon as I stop swimming, I'm swept underneath the oh. helicopter. Oh, so now I'm pushing myself off the bottom of the helicopter being swept back. Holy so I'm cow. The helicopter under the sponson pushing myself off hoping that I don't get hung up on anything, you know? So, Oh my God. And all of a sudden I pop back up and there's the tail rotor. I'm right underneath the tail rotor and it's real loud and stuff. And then I look over and I'm heading towards these eddies, you know? Holy cow. And I'm like, God dang, man. I'm like, this is it. I'm done. I said, I'm done. This is it. But that pilot, he was freaking awesome. You got to know with H3, when they land on the water, they create like a suction. You ever tried to pull something off the water? Yeah. So yep. you know what I mean? It's yep. hard yep. sometimes. Yep. So that's the same thing, believe it or not. The helicopters used to do that. They used to have to give a lot of power just to, a lot of times rocket to break it free. Oh, okay. Okay. But he was able to lift up, break it free, do a tail whip. He whipped around and then splashed it right in front of me, the helicopter. And so I was able to get back on board. Oh my So I God. got back on board. And at the whole time I was swimming my ass off trying to make it, you know away from those eddies, you know? So I got back on board and I'm like, thank God. That's what I'm saying. He saved my life. He saved my Holy life. Holy cow. And uh, so I get back in, I throw the headset on, you know, like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, I gotta be, we got it. We still got to get these guys. You know, there's no, I could be dying. It doesn't matter. I got, you know, that's what I'm trying to say. The swimmer mentality, you know, yeah. yep. it's the way it is. It and is I'm not saying is. that bragging on myself. No, 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 I, no. I'm saying that from all the people I ever trained, it's like you can get anyone physically ready for swimmer school. It's finding that person who has the, you know, I'm not quitting, you know, you're, you know, I'm going to be, you know, so. Agreed. Uh, so anyways, they took me back up. I swam the raft over, but this time I said, we hooked the trail line to it and I swam back I inflated it, put it on the shore. And I took another trail line with me and uh, inflated it, went and carried these guys, put them in the life raft. Yeah. And then the flight mech pulled the life raft back to the door while I held the other trail line. So the, so the raft wouldn't whip back into the tail rotor or, or, away. Super smart. So I held it on shore and um, they got the raft there. They were able to get them off. The corpsman started treating them. So this time I'm like, and they're like, I got on the radio. I said, take your, take the knife. Cause you know, back in H3, they kept the knife right there in the doorway. Okay. The, the old survival knife. And he popped the raft, you know, I said, yep. let it go, let it go. And they just let it go. And, uh, 
then I, I had to swim back. And I said, this time I got it. <laughs> they got a little closer and I started way up and I said, this ain't happening again. So then I got on board and then uh, we started treating the three guys. We searched for a short time, but one of the guys was able to tell us, you know, he went down, you know, with yeah. the, the sponsor and then we flew back and then, you know, um, that was the case. We flew back, got him back. And it was funny where, we're all sitting there and uh, the, we were sitting at the door and uh, I'm talking to the flight mech, you know, cause we're kind of, we never debriefed, you know, we just right, got yeah, off and we went yeah. home. And uh, um, he, he said, God, man, when you went under that sponson and, and we both looked and you could see my hands where they hit the sponson and my handprints were, <laughs> cause you know how the white sponson gets dirty yeah. from the oh, exhaust. Yeah. yeah. There was a, like a drag mark where I, Oh, oh my, my God! <laughs> yeah. Oh, Steve! Holy cow! So, anyways, that was that was that case, and uh, that that was a lot of fun. And then there was, you know, it, and then at that point, you know, we're starting to make. It was cases like that that started. We started winning the pilots and the crew over, going, you know, the, how else would we got those guys off? Well, they wouldn't. Right. right know, no, they wouldn't have got those nope. guys. There was nothing else. There were no boats in the area. Right. There was nothing. They would have never got those guys off. Yeah. And then there was another case that one, this was later on in the years, uh, uh, later on, maybe a year later, two years later, one of the swimmers, one of the new swimmers, and I was the training guy. I was the standboard training. So I trained all these guys. Yeah. And um, he had launched, they had launched out and they had two guys in the water, two, two fishermen. Okay. And the fishermen were, they were waving like this you know yeah, and yeah. when they saw the helicopter and, and they'd been in the water a while and the pilots go look they're waving to us we don't need to put the swimmer in we're going to put the basket down we're not going to use the swimmer they'll climb you know they'll each climb in right well, they did they put the basket down both guys trying to get in the basket but they're hypothermic you know right. they yeah they probably took everything they had and it's probably and they're trying to get in so now they're half in the basket half out they can't get in. They're both trying to get in at the same time. Oh, gosh. So now they're like, what do we do? You know, we got this. So they said, well, we got to put the swimmer in. So the swimmer gets, you know, comes from the back, come over, sits in the door, deploys free falls with the basket and cable out, you know, because they had the guys stuck in it. Holy So cow. he got down there, separated them, put one of the guys in the basket hoisted them up, came back, got the other guy, hoisted them, got the swimmer, came back and got them. Beautiful. And because, because of all that action they were doing, and you know about hypothermia, yeah. you know, your body shuts down the extremities, oh, yeah. but when you start moving around that cold blood, one of the guys happened to pass away in the back. Oh man. He had a heart attack. Yeah. He oh. had a, from, and then the other guy was, you know, cold and the swimmer got back on and he's like, he didn't have a corpsman, you know, at the time. Yeah. And he's looking, he's like, oh crap. And he started doing CPR and stuff. So when they got back, I was, I wasn't mad, but I told the swimmer, I said, look, man, you're the EMT on there. You know, you've got to tell them that no bueno, you know, this is no good. You can't, right. can't do that. You know? And then they, they had like a pilot's meeting and they're like, look guys, we have these swimmers. We got to start. So that was another case. You know, I hate to bring that point up, but I mean, that was another case proven right. that, hey, these swimmers, we, we really, and then 
you know, Jeff Tunks, he had his Bluebird, you know, case, which yep. was freaking awesome. You know, I'm, knows I'm actually, I'm hoping to get him on here to talk about that. So he's going to be my, one happened. of my next one. He had just relieved me from duty. His case happened after mine, but he got all his accolades and DFCs <laughs> and all the awards and all that stuff. And I think they felt sorry for me, so they threw me a combination medal, you know? Aw, so, that's so nice of them. <laughs> you, know? you know what? This so, is a badass case, so I, I'm yeah. psyched to like, be yeah. talking to you about it. So Yeah, so Jeff, he just relieved me. And I heard – actually, he had just relieved me. I heard the alarm go off as I'm walking home, you know, because Sitka, the air station here and housing is – you know, it's not far away. So I was walking home and I heard the alarm go off and um, I said, Ooh, cause it was a nasty, nasty night, you know? Yeah. Well, there was a lot of nasty, you know, the way it was you yeah. were in Alaska. And uh, he went out yeah. and Jeff told me, he goes, why can't, cause see Jeff was an ASM that became a swimmer. He was one of the guys who go, look, you got to change rates. or you got to make rate. But he went ahead, he got in shape. He went to swimmer school, became a swimmer, came to Sitka, Yeah, you know? Solid, and, uh, solid guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, he is a great guy, man. Yeah. We're, we, you know, when you're in a place like that, I tell you what, when you want cohesiveness, have a guy in the shop that you just don't like. And everyone just kind of, <laughs> you know, we, we had this guy, man. It just, Bunched together. just yeah. poured it on us. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Jeff and, you know, Bob Weaver was, he was a good guy. And I mean, we had some good guys there, uh, Brad Morris and Mike Mill and Jerry Sonavi, you know, they were some of the first guys there. And yeah, you like guys I are the said, ones man, that we were, paved the way for the rest of us, which is much appreciated yeah. by the way. Cause I love what I know. No, it was, I mean, it was going to have, we, I mean, it, that's what I tell people all the time. I said, if it wasn't me, that the other swimmer, whoever other swimmer was on duty, he would have yep. did the exact same thing. You know, everyone, it's just happened to be you, you're on duty that day. That's why I'm saying that when people have cases, I'm like, it could have been any of the swimmers. Could it, it the same thing would have happened yep. and they would have, you know, completed because that's just the way we are. So I, I, I totally agree with that. And actually it's, it's interesting you say that too, because, you know, I just, I had an interview, uh, episode number two with Brett Bates. Brett Bates is a younger swimmer. He's rescue swimmer number 760. And he had a really good case. And, you know, it took me a long time to talk about all of my cases as well. We're, we're not, we don't boast a lot of this stuff. You know, we go out, we do yeah. the job and then we move on and we yep. are, go to the next one. If it wasn't our day of duty and our boys went out, we come back, we kick back some beers, we talk about the case, and then we move on together. And it's exactly that's the way it is with that all around the world too. It it's just it's amazing to me. And and the the mindset you talk about and how to get it done, and then to continue to do it again and again and again and again. It's 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 awesome, and I love it. And this yep. is why I love telling these stories. I love it. Yep, I had I had a swimmer come to me in Savannah. He couldn't do. He couldn't do 50 sit-ups and maybe, I mean, he had been on a boat to his, you know, defense and he didn't get a chance, you know, underway and he didn't work out. He could have worked out, but he did, you know, he, he yeah. showed up great swimmer, great swimmer, you know, just, um, he could really swim well, but he just didn't have the physical. Yeah. And so, you know, Mike Grabowski and these guys, Roger Wilson, you know, this was the airman program. So he showed up and, I mean, we're as the chief, I would sit back and uh, he'd come knocking on my door, 
cheek. They're picking on me. And I'm like, dude, if you can't handle it, you probably need to go. I know exactly what they're doing to you. They may him and another airman. They, we go for a run and we had kayaks, but they had to carry the kayaks over their head. You know, when we went for our runs and stuff nice. and uh, yeah. And you know, we didn't overdo it where we would, but we got him in shape, man. When he yeah. left, he could do the push ups. But you know what? And they dogged him bad, but he's like, you know, I ain't quitting. They can't do this to me. And I'm like, he's going to make it. Cause I had other guys show, I had other guys show up, do all the push ups, sit ups, we're yeah. all this and that. We're college swimmers. Yeah. I get a call, chief, I can, I'm quitting. And I'm like, really? I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, he can't. Oh, I can't do it. I'm I, just not for me. And I'm like, you know what? It's all yeah. you can't train this. No, you can't. You can't train. And I say, you want to find a guy who's going to be a swimmer, play a board game or go play volleyball or something. And if he, he, I'm so sorry. If he gets oh, mad God. for losing, if he gets really mad for losing and yeah. like kick something or something, yeah, nope. that's the guy I want. Because when oh, you yeah, go on a yeah, case, yeah, 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 yeah. When you're sitting in the door, you know, <laughs> how do you judge that? When you're sitting in the door, you're like, oh, hell no. You know, I'm I'm winning. I'm going to yeah, win this. Yeah. And I'm going to get all those people, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, uh, that's, that's, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's the guys. So, yeah, it, I, it, you know, I, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I trained a lot of swimmers because, you know, uh, from, um, I was, I was also in Hawaii and, uh, we implemented Hawaii also. So that was a lot easier, man. It was so much nicer. <laughs> I, came from Cape Cod. I was actually in Cape Cod also. Cape nice. Cod. Nasty, you know. Yeah. And I left there to go to Hawaii. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it was, I, first time I went from uh, Sitka, I had orders to Clearwater. And I'm like, yes, I'm going home. You know, I'm going to be a swimmer in Clearwater. It's going to be great. Yeah. Well, they... Uh, Bush got elected and they needed swimmers in Cape Cod for the Bush patrols. In other words, when, when he'd go out on his boat, we had to maintain a helicopter at the pad ready to save him, you know? <laughs> and so they needed swimmers right away. And so they changed the yeoman called me at home. They're packing my stuff at my house and they're like, Hey, you need to get in here. And I'm like, well, what's up? You know? And this is back in the old days, typewriter. Yeah. And he's whiting out Clearwater, and I'm like, what? What, what, what are you doing, doing dude? He's, no, no, he's like, no, I'm no. standing over this yeoman, and he's sitting there. Right, you need to go talk to the chief. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's typing in Cape Cod, and I'm like, what no. the hell is Cape Cod? You know? And I'm like, give me a map. And I started in Florida, and I'm going up, 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 up. And I'm like, uh, no, you know. And so, oh, yeah, they no. sent me to Cape Cod. And then I'm like, God, it was, it was cold there, man. I'm telling you, it was good. Had a great time. Had a great crew in Cape Cod. Had a good time. I mean, you know, you know the way it is. You show up, oh, yeah. Yeah. we can make, you get, you get together with swimmers. It, it don't matter. We're You're going to have time. a time. So good then from Cape Cod, I went to Hawaii. Yeah. And then we implemented Hawaii because Hawaii was getting implemented. And I went to Hawaii and uh, that was better because, man, I put on a, you know, uh, wetsuit a little shorty and i'm out there and i'm like Are you kidding me man this is this is great you know then from oh uh, hawaii i went to savannah and then uh and then then i made warrant and then went to mobile and then finally retired out of san diego so what a great career great career. yeah well hey well you know what that's what i tell people in my retirement i said man i couldn't have done nothing better you know i it love was, it <laughs> 
yeah, that was definitely a great time. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. Now, now I, I do want to touch on one other thing, and because you and I were talking about this just before we we started recording and stuff, and you had mentioned how you were a big key component to for basically the voice of the rescue swimmer to keep the program going uh, all over all over the Coast Guard. Can you touch on that a little bit? Like, what do you mean? Like, I know they were, um, well, you know, like when I went to Hawaii, yeah, uh, it was, I, we were facing the exact same thing again. Oh, we don't want to do this swimmer thing. And I'm like, Oh God, here we go. Oh, again. that's no. what you were referring to when we were, I got yeah. it. Okay. And then, and then, you know, you had to see one thirty people at, at Barber's point and they're yeah. like, Oh yeah, these guys, man, you yeah. know, gotcha. but what helped out is I knew all these C-130 guys because I was in C-130s in Kodiak and Clearwater. And I had way, I, I know way more over 2000 hours flying mm -hmm. with most of these guys. Yeah. So I, you know, I had a voice with them, especially, you know, the first classes in chiefs, because when I was with them, they made rank and, and I'm like, Hey man, you know, you don't understand. This is a good thing. And they, so I'd talk to them yeah. and they knew me. They yeah. didn't look at us as these prima donnas and all this and everything. And we did stuff like, you know, there was real important things. It's like when we, we went to work out, you know, I said, guys, when you're in your workout gear and you're going to work out, stay off the hangar deck. Yeah. No need to rub it in their face. You know, right. we get in our car, we go to the yep. pool. Yep. You know, there were certain things that you just, you, we, we had to give a little too, you know, to, and, and, but, you right. know, once we've established, then you can walk wherever you want with your, you know, but I said yeah. at the beginning, I was, you know, it was very important. I knew where they were coming from, you know, the C-130 people, because, you know, and the, yep. and, the uh, and the C-130 is a thankless job, man. That's when I was on it for years and I do a case and we'd search and search and search and we'd find these guys, you know, yeah, and uh, we drop them a radio or something. And then the helicopters sitting over on an island shut down, you know, hanging out with their right. flight suits <laughs> off, getting some sun. And then we'd be like, Okay, we found them. We're circling them. Were they getting their helicopter started up? Come over, hoist them, go back. News crews, yeah, you know, they get <laughs> they get awards. Oh, you know? yep. And and we come back and land, and we're post flighting our plane and fueling it. And I'm just like, you know. So I knew where they were coming from. You know yep. what I mean? So we tried to really we eased into it. And I think me being an XC130 guy really helped that out a lot. So. I, anyway. you know, when I got to Kodiak, um, I had, I had a great crew up there, you know, as a first unit, a swimmer unit, first swimmer unit. And I was required to get qualified on the C-130. Um, so I was a basic air crewman on the C-130. And from time to time, it was like, it was your month. And, and that's the way you did it. Like yes. while we were up there, because there were times in Kodiak where you'd be launching out, you'd have a swimmer out in going down the Aleutian chain, another one going over to Cordova and another one up in Anchorage. And you're the only guy left and they needed a guy for the C-130. So you would have a month block. And, and I remember doing cases on the C-130 and you're flying all day long. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, so I am with you and my C-130 is limited, but I will check that box. I was a qualified air crewman on the C-130. So then, you know, then I do. you know, and what yep. they do and you know, it's, it's a thankless, they do a lot. And they do a your, You go out on a case and they're circling you. You man, you you just they they're your angels, man. They're yep. you know they're hanging out while you're out there offshore, way offshore, and you know they did that to it for us a few times, like in yeah. Savannah and different places, you know. And, yeah. and uh, 
It's amazing so to hear a C-130 come by too when you're out there because, uh, you know, I get, we got launched on a case and I'm in the water and then you hear that C-130 just ripping by and they're a hundred feet off the water and you're like, yes, we've got backup, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And, uh, yeah. Love it. Anyway. Yeah. There are angels, man. There are, there are eyes in the sky, man. They yep. watch over us. So yeah. Yeah. I you appreciate them, man. And uh, yeah. So but anyways, yeah, man. And you know, there's each, each station has its stories and I'm sure you don't have enough time to cover them all, but man, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll cover whatever you want, Steve. Like I, I've got all the time <laughs> in the world right now. <laughs> oh my God, man. You know, you know, the, the greatest thing about the rescue swimmer guys is, is no matter where you got stationed, when the day one you walked in, you were amongst brothers. You know what I mean? Fact. The day you walked into that shop, these are like-minded guys that are, you know, making the same amount of money as you there or about, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, go through the same stuff as you and God forbid, you know, the funniest thing is you remember going to Pataluma for research. Oh yeah. All the time. You go to, you go to Pataluma for research, right? Well, we would go to Pataluma for research, sitting through the class, blah, blah, blah. And we're all looking at each other. We're like volleyball. (laughs) after we're all meeting to play volleyball in the gym after this and we're looking at each other like yeah yeah, "Yeah, you're going down yeah (laughs) you know and you had all these personalities playing a sport that no one wanted to lose i mean you're constantly like you know you're holding guys up fighting each other i mean over a volleyball game and then it then it spiral downhill then we would you know some of the guys would leave and you know they're gonna go do they study or something stupid like that and then so we would all go into the volleyball court you know the racquetball oh, yeah. court uh-huh. and play volleyball so yep. then yeah that was fun for a while then it, then that digressed into dodgeball you know yes and the, yes yes <laughs> we put the balls in the middle side and then we're winging the balls at each other, man. Yeah. Oh my God. I remember just there's a good rubber ones too, because you knew if you pelted oh, yeah. somebody just right, you'd leave oh, a mark just, and you'd be like, oh you could grab it with one hand and just <laughs> whip it, man. It's like oh, oh. yeah. You're hoping to leave yeah, a mark so, on like a cheek or something like that. So the next day in class, you're like, Oh, you got nails. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, during the oh. research, we'd come in maybe to play basketball, and all the other people were there to play basketball, like. Yeah, we're out here. We don't want to play with you guys. Because, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, God. no one wanted to lose, man. And that's what type of guy is a swimmer. You yeah. know what I mean? They're not going to lose. They're not going to be sitting in that doorway and go, no, I can't do this. They're like, no, nah, I'm going to be the last guy out. You know, that's me. I'm going to be the last. That's why I always thought I'm the last man out. I always wanted to say oh. that in swimmer school. When at the Navy swimmer school, you know how everyone's up and, and you know, I always was wanted to yell last man out, you know, because <laughs> that's I always wanted to be the last man out, you know. That's awesome. And uh, you know, on any of the cases. So yeah, and, and you know, I had I stood duty when you know my whole swimmer career, you know, and did you know implemented Sitka and then did you know swim um Cape Cod was busy and then uh um going to hope when I made chief and went to Savannah. You know, as chief, you're supposed to kick back a little. Maybe let the younger guys stay and do. <laughs> Not when you go to Savannah, because we had two ready crews every day. Oh, that's we right. had Charleston. Yep. And he had Savannah. Yep. And they gave us ten swimmers, counting the chief. 
So if you think about that, that's five, you only have to say you had a unit and you yeah. only had five swimmers. Yeah, that's, that, that's yeah. what it was like. And so it took some, I mean, so basically, God forbid chief, you have one like, or two guys on leave or hurt or something. Now you're down to four at each oh. and now you're down so to three you each. It, oh. 10 swimmers and they each have 30 days to leave each. That's basically one swimmer gone for a year, you yeah. know, 300 days, you yep. know, and then, you know, a blown knee, you know, Grabowski yeah. snow skiing, you know, blows his <laughs> knee out. You know, you I, see, I was actually, right, I can't say no, what was happened was. <laughs> that was a good trip but oh. doing this jump and you know i actually got i have pictures of oh. it i can put it on here i got pictures of because when he was when they were towing him down you know in that little thing they we were yeah. just spraying them you know dave yeah. lawson and jim we were snowing we were skiing by and just spraying snow on them as they're taking them down in the stretcher <laughs> Uh, so, that's what but anyways <laughs> yeah so you get someone hurt maybe two people hurt yeah. man you know so i was basically and you know what myself i know i don't you know other chiefs got their way i liked it i like i like to stand in the duty so i was yeah. basically as a chief i was one and four one and three and sometimes port and starboard wow if the guys had if the guys had to go to emt school they had to go to or not emt school but research and stuff you know you had times where you know, and we stood tons of duty there, man. Yeah. Like good for you, you know, like that. Yeah, I, I, but I, I like the, yeah, which is a, but that's appreciative to the guys that are below you as well because one, you're you're leading by example, and and just the fact that you're in there all the time is it's just like wow, good leader, well done. No, well, no, yeah, no, no. This it was, you know, I to me it wasn't even a question. You know, wasn't yeah. even a. There wasn't a if and the other chiefs like the uh, ADAM or whatever they are now AVTs and all that AET and AMT. Yep. Well, when I was in Sitka's, when when I was in Savannah's, when they changed everything, so the, the ADs, AMs, all there those chiefs were like at chiefs meetings, they're like, hey Hathaway, you know, you're standing on stage, you're making us look bad, and I'm like, I said, no, I'm not, guys. You guys don't have to stand duty. I said, how many AD, AV, how many flight mechs? Do yeah. we have at this unit? And they're like, oh, you know, we've got almost a hundred, you know. And I'm like, hey. yeah. I said, I got 10. And I really right now I'm down to six. Yeah. I got two ready crews every day. I said, it's apples and oranges, man. I said, yeah. it's it's nothing on you guys. You guys need to be here. You have to be here, you know, to get the work done, keep these planes flying and everything. Yeah. I have to be standing duty. So we're never. It, uh, luckily, I, I, my biggest thing was I never had to go to command and say we don't have a swimmer. You know, for that's this awesome. Piece. You know, yeah. that's that was my that was my biggest goal. You know, and yeah. it, it wasn't easy sometimes. You know, yeah. go you end up going port and starboard, twenty four on, twenty four off. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You go you go home, mm -hmm. you go off, then you come right back in, and that happened mm -hmm. not a lot, but enough time, quite a few times. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at one time it was Christmas time and, you know, these guys all, and I, I'm like, oh, I was staying and all these guys had these plans. I'm like, so I ended up with Christmas duty. And my wife's like, really? I thought make the chief. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to switch somebody out of their duty section just uh, so I don't have to stand it on Christmas. You know, I said, <laughs> so it's so funny because I, I ha it happened to be Charleston duty and I showed up to go to Charleston. And the pilots are looking at me like, how, what, 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 how to, 
yeah, I mean, I'm with I'm with two JGs, you know. Uh, that is <laughs> and, awesome. You know, the, the most junior uh, um, flight mech, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> but I tell you what, there's something that I learned in the Coast Guard though. As a chief, and as all the experience I had in search, you know, rescue, it yeah. was really, you know, it's something the Coast Guard we do. We, you know, once you get a guy really as a flight mech, really qualified, really know what he's doing, by that time he's a first class. Correct. So you yank him out of the plane, stand of duty, and now he's a watch captain. He's no yep. longer flying as a flight mech, you know, so you always have these younger guys. So me as a chief, sometimes on some of these flights, like in Savannah one time, we're we're going to look for two guys that the uh, fishing game had seen the day before. There was a storm that night. Yeah. The guys didn't show back up, reported overdue. So we're taking off and the pilots, you know, the way the current's going, they're going to go out to the inlet and start doing this certain search. And I'm sitting back there and I'm just like, uh, you know, I get on my ICS and I'm like, swimmer, pilot, you know, um, I said, why don't we uh, do a little lap around where the last place they were seen, you know, just yeah. on our way out. And they're quiet for a minute. They're all like, yeah, chief, you know, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> and sure enough, man, we go, we go over and there, there's the boat upside down. You know, we didn't find the guys, but uh, they're probably, cause you know, in Savannah, the water's brown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Can't if someone see. goes underwater, you're not going to. Right. Right. But that's right where the boat was, was the last place they were seen, you yeah. know? And so we concentrated our search from there doing expanding square, you know? Yeah. So, but, you know, I think that experience, it's one thing the Coast Guard, I think the Canadians do that. You know, you're, you're a flight crew, you're a flight crew the whole time. Correct. You know, you're, right. you're, you know, and then as you get older, you really get that experience and you get that, you know, you're not afraid to speak up. Right. Like that case with the, with the, with the two people in the water, you're not afraid to speak up and go, Hey, this yeah. is dumb. You need to put me in the water. Like, you know, yeah. hypothermia, yeah. you know, um, that's something, you know, that I think, you know, we, they, they should look at, but, you know, they're not yeah. going to, but, you know. No, you, you make a very valid point with that because um, a lot of the times, you know, you have a lot of junior guys and, and myself, I mean, I've been, I've been doing this for 20 years and now I get into the aircraft and it's, they're looking at me for the advice and it's right. like, oh, okay. So not only do I have to make sure I know my stuff, I got to study my stuff and stay up on the stuff. Um, yeah. And I remember like Kurt Rebels, another uh, mentor of mine, you know, said the same thing. He gets down to a unit and all of a sudden the whole air crew pilots and, and flight mechanics are looking at him like, well, what do you think, Kurt? And he's like, and at that time he said, I know I'm like the salty dog in the aircraft and I'm the one that's, that's going to be given the instruction and, and the exactly. advice. Exactly. And I think on, on some of these cases, like yeah. the one in Oregon, everyone was brand new. Yeah. And yet the one that, you know, one that crashed and they lost, you know, everyone. And it, 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 where if you had experience like, Hey man, you know, what are we doing here? What, why right. are we this, you know, and, and then believe it or not, there was cases, you know, how swimmers are. Oh, I want to go. I want to deploy. I want to deploy. Yeah. I want to deploy. There was cases where I'm like, look, man, you don't need to, the guy. They're all standing out there. He's right there. Just lower the basket down. I said, you right. could send me down, but it's a freighter. It's, yeah. It's yeah. got a landing pad, right. you know, right. lower the basket down. He's, He's ambulatory. Yeah. Have him sit in it, hold his stuff, hoist him up. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. where, you know, of course, I wasn't afraid. I was never afraid to go down, you know, but I'm just saying, look, for this is probably the better thing. And sometimes, you know, the pilots, you're like, hey, I'm like, what are we doing here? What, what, what's our, you know, yeah. Yep. You know, and I think that having that senior guy and that, 
experience in the back helps a lot, you know, and someone that will speak up. And I like, um, I like going down on a lot of the cases, even, even if it's just a a quick pickup, uh, to have an experienced guy on the ground that can radio what's going on, that can assess the situation and, and keep everybody from getting panicked on the ground, I think is a, a real key component as well. Um, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm all about, hey, let's just send down the basket, have them jump in and, and, pl- and pluck them out. It saves time. It saves fuel. It saves two hoists. Uh, and right now, like I would do a double up. I would I would go me and the victim and, and let's just go. So I'd go down. Yeah. So, it, yeah. But, yeah. Good yeah, experience. but, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing, like uh, that company, they, you know, Priority One or whatever. Man, they're getting all these senior guys flying. I mean, that's just, yeah. they must be awesome. You know, these guys that, you know, you're taking guys who were chiefs and now they're flying as, you know, right. I think that's a pretty, I'd like to see their, yeah, but it's pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. And th- there's a, so there are a couple of companies out there. Priority one is one of them. Uh, ARS is another one. Uh, there's another yeah. company kind of brand new, which is SR3 and they're doing training as well. So you have a lot of these little training companies and that's exactly what they're doing. They're taking all the experienced guys that have done this for years and years and years. And now, yeah bringing it to the, the, the newer age guys, which is great because you take not only lessons learned that you've walked away from, that you didn't have any issues with, that there were no reports of, and you bring that to the table for a training. And you say, this is what I've experienced. This is what we're doing. And this is the best practice to do. It, and this is why. And that, 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 there's, there's so much it's- that goes with that. It's awesome. It's a great story in San Diego when Katrina happened. I was in San Diego when Katrina happened. Okay. I was a warrant officer. I worked in public work, but I was over there and I'm like, hey, good luck, guys. What are you doing? All oh, this and yeah. that and other thing. And, you know, we're kind of following the cases. And uh, Jeff Tonks, who was a, at the time a senior chief, Station Mobile, they had him. And I heard a couple of guys go, why are they sending him, man? They, these, you know, the younger guys need this experience and stuff like that. And I'm like, listen, you're right. They need experience. But you, you're, this is the Super Bowl. Right. You're, yep. set, you're, you're not going to play the second string guy to get experience. You right. want your top, you know, quarterback in there or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I said, this is, this is the deal, dude. You, you get your experience other times, but, you know. Don't say that, you know, why are these guys taking these cases, you know, these chiefs and senior chiefs. And I'm like, cause that's, you know, you want your best in there and they got the most experience and they're going to come up with the best way to approach uh, a hoist or do something like that, you know? And I'm like, that's why. And they were like, Oh, okay. They, they yeah. accepted it, you know? Well, so. And when Jeff went down to uh, Katrina for that, that whole thing, when he came back, he was, and I did not go to Katrina. So let me, let me yeah. like state that I, I was, uh, so I was in Humboldt Bay, California at the time. And we were, um, there was only two guys that, that went from our shop down to Katrina, but I do know that while Jeff was there, when he went out, he came back and was briefing everybody about how things were going to happen exactly. based on all of experience, which is exactly. goes hand in hand. You, you can't like, I'm all about learning and everybody has to start from ground zero. Right. Right. We all have to start there, but you have to be able to take the guys that have the experience and implement it to the new guys and say, here's why. And there's, yeah. yeah, Love it. Yeah. That's why, 
the things like you and Roger Wilson are doing and training these guys, dude, that's invaluable. Dude, that's, you know, you got all this experience. You're really good at what you do. And you're, these guys are getting, I hope they know they're getting their money's worth, man. I'll tell you right now, you know, by <laughs> hiring so. you guys, they really are. No, they really are. They, you yeah. know, that's probably why this, these businesses are a success and they're, yeah. you know, you got, you, like you said, there's a new one coming out, you know, that's yeah. why they're a success because yeah. of, guys like you and they're cherry picking off the coast guard training all these guys <laughs> they're, they're taking flight yeah. next too yeah you know? oh yeah uh, i don't yeah. know if you're familiar with pat barber but him and i worked together for years oh, pat barber oh yeah. you do oh i i'll tell you what I, I i'm hoping to have him on here too um he was my hoist operator mentor and that guy he taught me so much about hoisting yeah. I, like like, I, you oh, know, yeah. in Sitka, I loved being a flight mech. I did. I actually, I thought it was, you know, getting trained and doing that and flying in the door. It, you know, that old story goes all the way back to Clearwater, that guy in the door. Yeah. I finally got to be it, you know? Yeah. Was that guy in the door. And everywhere I went, even when I transitioned to 65s, yeah. I, on my own, I went and got my flight mech, you know, oh, qualification. Awesome. And it was easy to get your swimmer qual because when you go out on a swimmer flight, you're like, let me jump in and get a couple of these, you know, we have enough fuel. They're like, yeah, can I get a couple of hoists? Yeah. So I would get, I was a flight mix swimmer call, you know, oh, so that I is awesome. so that yeah. did not happen to me until I got out of the coast guard. And I wish I had been able to do it in the coast guard because I think it's a, a valuable lesson for the swimmers to be hoist qualified. And oh, like, there's a lot of what people don't understand is as a swimmer, you have a ton of work to do on the ground but right. there's a lot of work that the hoist operator has to do organizing the cabin, getting gear in, getting gear out, you know, right. the, and, and don't give me, I don't want to take away from the pilots either because they have a ton of stuff going oh, on. It is a full crew mentality, incredible. but you like, you have to take every, I'm going to say every ingredient or every piece of the pie in order to make the whole. And you can't, Yep. I, I love being it's a hoist operator. I love it's it. absolutely a team thing, you know, yeah. absolutely. Yep. So, you know, so. that's, of course, you know, you always have the banter between the flight mix and <laughs> it's, it's good banter, you know, of course, yeah. you know, you can say this to you and me, we say we love them and they're the best ever, but you can't ever say it to them because no, you know, no, this no. rivalry thing. Yeah. Let it go I to said, their head. Oh, geez. I used, to, I used to say to them, <laughs> but I was a flight mix. I used to, I used to say to them, I said, man, right here, that's, that's your exercise right there. <laughs> well, well, movement. I said, we could probably train monkeys to do it but we can't carry enough bananas that's the only reason <laughs> <laughs> and it's all good fun and then they come back and go yeah, yeah. you guys are prima donnas this that and yeah. everything. hey yeah. you know i was the guy too that uh when the swimmer the uh sdap special duty assignment pay came out yep i was a representative because i never got you know i didn't get that till the end and well, well thank um, you for that too yeah well when they had their big thing in, uh, in Washington, all the CEOs, and they were going to address it. I had to present the case to our CEO to take. And he goes, you need to convince me because I'm, I'm against it right now. So he called me in and says, you got to convince me. And I'm like, I'm like, well, and then there was a, a EO that came in there also that was a commander. He was also against it. So it was me, this first class against this commander, Seckler, who was a very smart guy. And we were, and Seckler's big thing was, you know, I think flight engineers should get special duty assignment pay, you know? Yeah. And I went to him. I think what blew him away was I agree. 
I said, why don't they? Why aren't you guys voting on that? You know, too. I said, they absolutely need special duty. What they do is way more than a load master drop master. They're up there. You know, I said, that's a, that's a specialty skill that they have to stay honed in, you know, to, to work. I said, I agree with you hundred percent. Well, I said, and look, once we get to swimmer pay, you got your foot in the door. Now we try to get the flight mix. You know, I mean, the, the, yeah. you know, the flight engineers. And then, uh, then I told, and then I went into them. I'm like, look, man, for us to be a swimmer, we have to maintain our EMT calls. I said, we go on vacation. We just can't smoke and coke. That's what uh, Chief Farmer used to say. You know, <laughs> drink Coke, drink Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah, clarify smoke that. Cigarettes. <laughs> you can't just, I don't want to make that clear. Though. I thought he was talking about Coca-Cola. He says, so he said, you had to maintain a certain standard. So when you came back, you could pass your PT test, right? So yep. every week, right? Yep. You have to do that. You had to maintain it. For us to be qualified swimmers. And so what is a flight mech? You know, they come back. They just start standing duty. You know, yeah. basically they need to, they could do, if they went on uh, December 31st and January 1st, two days, they could be qualified for the whole year. You know, if they got their right. bins right. at the end of the year and first, basically two days, no. they're qualified for the whole year. No. They've got everything they needed. We have to pass weekly, monthly, you know, certifications. We have to stay in shape. We can't just go on vacation and lay around and, you know, eat ding-dongs, you know? Yeah, so, no, no. Uh, and I said, and then, you know, and then the, the captain, and Captain Seckler, our commander Seckler at the time, he's like, he was like, very good case, touche. <laughs> he says, man, I agree with you. And, and then the, uh, the captain, he was like, you did it. You convinced me. We're good. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to vote for it and stuff like that. So wow. that was pretty cool. No, that, yeah, that's man. So you had, I mean, you had a really big impact on the entire rate, um, which is, which is awesome for all of us. And, you know, a, a lot of our stuff and stories and whatnot have made it around the world. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So now it's, you know, it was, well, we were, we were some of the, you know, and I wasn't afraid to talk, man. I said, <laughs> the guys, I, I wish I had it with me because I'd love to break it out right now in my flight bag, <laughs> in my flight bag. I got this little switchblade. It's a comb. It's a mustache comb. You hit it. So we come back and the and the press would be out there. And uh and the pilots are like, okay, who wants to talk to the press? And I pull that out of my bag and I'm like, I got this. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm gonna talk to him, man. As you can tell, I'm a jabber. I'm a jabber nut, man. I'm oh there, my yeah, gosh! Man. I I broke that thing out and did my mustache. You know, I'm like, yeah, I got this. I'm gonna do it. Just flip your hair. Just flip that hair. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There I was. <laughs> yeah, there I was. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you had to be really oh careful God. what you said to the press, man, because they would take oh. stuff out of context. You had to be, that's time. what I knew. You had to be. Yeah. Real Because there was a guy in Cape Cod one time, he was reading oh. about Vietnam, and when he was talking to the press, he goes, man, I can't imagine what those guys in Vietnam, and what they had to deal with, you know? Yeah. He says, yeah. I can't imagine. That case, what I did, but I can't imagine what those guys in Vietnam had. So the big headline was, Rescue Swimmer has Vietnam flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. We, we, um. we gave crap all the time. Man, you have to be careful what you say to them, man. They would take stuff and just... <laughs> you know run with it you know so oh my god 
That's but awesome. good times, man, yeah. for sure. And like I said, I got, you know, we could, we could go on stories, different star cases and, and, you know, I'll tell you what, some good stuff. I'll, I'd be happy to have you back. Uh, this is, yeah, this has been awesome. I, could, I, I appreciate it. I can it. tell you about Mudman in uh, Charleston and, you know, there's some, there's some other goodies about the guys in the life raft in Cape Cod. That, you know, I swam up their boats on fire. They're in a life raft. It's zero degrees out. And I swim over and there's all these guys in the life raft and pop up and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, boy, that's probably about the dumbest <laughs> question. <laughs> they all kind of loop each other. Look at their boat burning. And I'm like, okay, well, quick, 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 quick. I got, is anybody hurt? <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, that was a stupid question. Oh my They're God. Floating out in the Atlantic ocean in a life raft with a boat on fire. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> Wait for one guy to say, could, could be better. <laughs> oh, but, my gosh. Yeah. That's, That's something awesome. else. All right. <laughs> but, well, Steve, um, I am, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you back then, and then and we'll do this again for sure. Yeah. You know, maybe you could get Roger and I, man, because we could tell you some Hawaii stories that are, you know, pretty good. Uh, that would be we awesome. had a great crew there. Okay. Unbelievable crew. I'd love you know? it. And I had a – I got to tell you, everywhere, you know, Cape Cod, the Hawaii, and Savannah – the group we had in Savannah, Savannah was, I uh, when I showed up there, I said, "Hey, who likes to snow ski?" And all these guys raised their hands, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, you, you, and you." And I'm like, "Okay, when's your research?" And I went back, and I'm like, "When's your research due?" And I'm like, "Oh, good, 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 good." So at one point, I said, "Okay, you guys, man, you know, we're gonna go for this long weekend. You care if you stay on duty, port and starboard?" I said, "Well, I'll cover you when you come back." You know this, I, I, dude, I was wheeling yeah. and dealing, man. Awesome. So, long story short, Gary Streeby, Dave Lawson, Wilson, and Jim Stanier and myself, we all went to research together, you know? So we went to research in Pataluma, and it's always, they always had research on a three-day weekend, you know? It was right before three, in February, you know? Yep. I don't know if President's Day, I forget what holiday. But I rented a condo at the snow in, you know, Tahoe. I rented awesome. a condo. Yeah, yeah. And had hot and everything. And I'm like, okay, guys, we all pitched in, paid for the condo. We've got to rent a car. Yep. Did research Thursday. Right we get done. Mountain. We out of here Thursday. Boom. We're heading over to uh, Tahoe. <laughs> we get our skis. We're skiing for three days. We got our FM radios. You know, we had got these. Oh, radios. that's awesome. And so we're talking, hey, man, where are you at? Okay, let's meet for lunch, you know? And we're in Tahoe. <laughs> There's no water. You know, those radios only go for 12 miles. It didn't yeah. hurt to use the FM. Nope. We weren't stepping on anybody, man. You know, so that we were like, awesome. yeah, we carried our radios right here and stuff, you know. <laughs> and then that night we would get together and uh, we'd get in the hot tub, but there was snow all around the hot tub, you know, and you had a rule, man. If you got up to use the bathroom and came back and didn't bring a beer for everyone, you had to sit in the snow chair. So we made this. <laughs> chair and you had to sit in it for like 15 <laughs> seconds so oh, you sat there you're like 15 14 30, you're just like god did you jump in the hot it was <laughs> but come to find out uh, i don't know to this about like three years ago i mean dude i started this in 90 i don't know uh they're still doing it they're still oh yeah the guys are going yeah. skiing attached to their you know but i oh, yeah. started that like a yeah. long time ago yeah man. it's awesome it was, it was a great time and then we would we'd leave on sunday go to san francisco stay at the uh 
Marine Memorial, which was a Marine hotel yep. in San right, Francisco. Right downtown. And fly out yeah. the next morning. It, yeah. Oh, it worked out perfect, man. Yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, a lot of the guys still do it. Yeah, I loved going to research. A lot of hard times, a lot of good times. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. But I know I'm, I'm probably going on here. I could go on I, forever and bore you, but you know, maybe no. we can do this another time too. And Absolutely. I, uh, you know what? <laughs> Let's sign off and then you and I will pick another date that we can, and, and hopefully we can get Roger on here with you. So you and me and him, that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be fun. You know, I, I'll, I can hit him up. He's excited right down the street, but he's, right. you know, he's like you, he's gone a lot. So yeah, but, that's okay. Because you know, it goes away for a week and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. But well, I, okay. I can't thank you enough, Steve. I appreciate it. Um, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute and, as my daughters like to tell me all the time, like and subscribe. Oh, yeah. I appreciate it. So I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story and would be willing to share it, I would be humbled and honored to have you as a guest. Or if you have any questions about rescue or anything else here that we talk about, please send me an email at therealrescue at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q at gmail.com. Or you can also check us out on our Instagram page at therealrescue, and that's at T-H-E-R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q. And for all of you standing the watch today, remember, when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, stay safe out there, everybody.